Cliffcentral.com. All right, let's get to Dr. Hanan. He hasn't got time to waste. We might have, but he doesn't. Hey, Doc, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm well. How are you? Good. Sitting in the dark, but you know what? Other people have it worse, so I'm not going to complain. It reminds me of, uh, you know, have you ever seen the Queen Bohemian Rhapsody uh, video? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm doing that. Uh, very good uh, all right what do you think of that color doc is that the worst color in the world like, i mean what does that color, color make you feel nonsense, but yeah. what do you uh, think? how does that, that make you feel doc oh, no. i can't even look at it i'm looking away <laughs> I, I don't mind it at all i would still smoke those cigarettes <laughs> yeah, well, you would smoke the cigarettes regardless. Okay, so listen, it's an open uh, conversation this morning with Dr. Hanan. If you've got a question for him, get in there ASAP. First of all, Doc, is color psychology nonsense? No, it's not nonsense. You walk okay. into a red room or you walk into a white room, it brings up different uh, physiological sensations. So not at all. Right. Okay. So, I mean, some people uh, respond to colors in a very emotional way, or is it more of a... Uh, a, a, a subconscious uh, kind of association. It, it is subconscious. Uh, psychologically, what we do a lot is we allow people, we manipulate people's feelings through the use of five or their five senses. So touch, smell, taste, sound, sight. So mm-hmm. if I make you smell something really beautiful, it will change how you feel. If I make you smell something really yes. horrific, it will change the way that you feel. If I make you Hear something beautiful, it will change the way you feel. If I make you hear something horrific, same thing. And the same thing with sight. Sight is no different. It just taps into a very primitive part of your brain that changes your emotional state immediately. Immediately. Right. So we manipulate a lot of, or we use that to manipulate people's feelings. So we use a lot of color, we use sights, we use sounds, we use taste. If I give you a teaspoon of salt, your, your emotions are going to change immediately. Um, so we use a lot of that to manipulate emotion. So it is, it is, it is a fact. All right. Um, so here we go. So a lot of people here talking about is, is confidence all about feeling good in your own skin, knowing who you are, or is there more to it from JP? That's a good question. It is a good question. And I'll answer it in two ways. There's no such thing as global confidence. Uh, so you turn to a person, you go, oh my God, that person is so confident. But that's not true. The truth is we have confidence in different areas of our lives. So I have, I might have high self-esteem or high confidence as a father, but I might have mm. low self-esteem and low confidence as a husband. I might have high self-esteem as a basketball player, but low self-esteem and low confidence as a rugby player. So mm-hmm. it depends on which area we're talking about, you can have high or low self-esteem. And it's a good question because people go, well, what is confidence and how do I develop it? Confidence has got nothing to do with you giving yourself feedback. Confidence actually comes from the world giving you feedback. It's the feedback that comes from the external world. So the analogy, if I take the most spiked up Ferrari and I put the Ferrari on the off-road track, the the Ferrari is going to have low self-esteem because the feedback is going to be (laughs) good enough, you can't make it, you're a loser. If I take the same Ferrari and I put it in the race, on the racetrack, the self-esteem is going to go through the roof because the feedback is through the roof. So self-esteem comes from feedback, and therefore people go, but that's an external locus of control. And the answer Mm. is yes, but no, but yes, but no. The the no part is that you're in control of which environment you put yourself into. So if I'm really good at X, and I choose to put myself in environments that 
punish X, then I'm going to have low self-esteem. It is up to me, and that's where it is my responsibility to put myself in environments that are aligned with my own self-esteem or with my own temperament, with my own skill set, with my own values so that I can get good feedback. Self-esteem is 100% tied to feedback. All right, but, but does that, that mean... That just shows... Go, go on, Leanne. Sorry, that just shows how even though we're saying that confidence um, is powered by the world around us, you still have to do the work by putting yourself in the right situations. And also it's a bit of an egg and chicken thing because if you go in faking confidence, um, you, you might have feedback of, of people thinking that you're confident, which then in turn you know, gets that properly into motion and activates real confidence. Yeah, but the truth is, uh, like on, on everybody, and when they enter into a brand new environment, nobody's skilled at level one. Nobody knows what they're doing at level one. So there's always always an air of let me fake it so I can get the feedback so I can really feel it. I'll say it again: let me fake it so I can get the feedback so I can really mm. feel it. So we don't really feel it on level one. We got to yeah, fake but, it so they level up and get the feedback. All right. So I'm, I always look at these things in game theory and I always go, well, okay, the victory conditions are put yourself in a place or in a situation or circumstances where it will grow your confidence. So that would sometimes precipitate a person only being in situations where they know they can win, only being in situations where they know they're comfortable and then growing their confidence, but never really challenging themselves. Because well, why would you? Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, the challenge will come anyway, because if you even if you're putting yourself in environments that you're comfortable in, there's always going to be somebody that pushes you because nobody, human nature is not about standing in comfort zones. We're all going to be pushed out. That's, that's inbuilt in us. So we're going to be pushed out and challenged anyway. The question is, are you putting yourself in environments that resonate with your temperament? So take an extrovert put them in an introverted environment, they will break. You know Einstein's um, quote, if you judge a fish's ability to climb a tree, it will always feel stupid. And so mm -hmm. you don't want to put the fish in, uh, in an environment where he has to compete against other, other monkeys. You want to put the fish with other fish in its own category so that it can thrive. No. Well, that's a great argument for why we shouldn't have trans women in uh, in women's sport. But okay, let's not go down that track. I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> Um, so Hanan, do we yes. experience imposter? Why do we experience imposter, imposter syndrome and how do we deal with it from Congo, Chris? Great question again. So believe it or not, everybody on planet earth, everybody on some level at some point will experience imposter syndrome. And the reason why is because functional people want and need to challenge themselves out of their comfort zone. We don't stay in our comfort zone. And the moment we step out of the comfort zone, your brains whose uh, capacity and goal is to keep you alive will challenge you. So the moment you step out of the comfort zone, your brain will want to convince you to go right back to safety. And the best way to convince you to go right back to safety is to create self-doubt. Why are you doing yeah. it? You might not make it. You're right. not good enough. People will laugh at you. People will judge you. People will reject you. That's the imposter syndrome. So the moment you step out of your comfort zone, your brain will challenge you and create self-doubt. So people will go, well, what if I don't, I don't step out of my comfort zone? What if I just stay in my comfort zone? Then I won't have imposter syndrome. The answer is, well, yeah, but you will have depression, which will then create imposter syndrome. 
So you've got no choice. Stay in your comfort zone, have depression and have imposter syndrome or step out of your comfort zone, have imposter syndrome, level up and mm-hmm. create that as a comfort zone again. All right. So a serious question now from Sive, who says, uh, how can you support a family member with schizophrenia? They're on meds, back at work, but they seem to struggle with motivation, self-worth, self-care. So somebody with a severe psychiatric neurological disorder such as schizophrenia is very difficult to manage yourself and you shouldn't put that weight all on your shoulders. They need to get some uh, psychiatric help. They need to get some support from family, from friends. They have to have incredible structure and your job is not just to support their emotional state, but your job is to support their framework, so to speak. So I would ask this individual, what is this schizophrenic's daily routine and daily framework? Uh, Are they on medication? Are they seeing a psychiatrist? Are they supported by a mental health professional that's outside of the family? And if the answer is yes, 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 and this is their routine, then I would say to to this individual, how do you support them in their routine? What you can't do is you cannot be their psychiatrist. You cannot be their psychologist. You cannot be their doctor. So you want to you wanna allocate those roles and responsibilities to people who are qualified to do so and support them in managing their routine in the day. So are they eating well? Are they exercising? Are they going mm-hmm. to work? Are they waking up on time? Are they going to bed at a reasonable time? Are they surrounding themselves with good, healthy people that support them? <clears throat> and you want to basically help support that and manage that. Hmm. Uh, One last one. Uh, This is interesting. Uh, For someone who has ADHD, is there a way to perform at optimum level without using drugs like Concerto or whatever? The moment I I don't use that stuff, I feel very dependent on it. Is it normal to be so dependent on meds like that? So the answer is yes, it is very normal to be very dependent on that. But this is my issue with people that label themselves with ADHD. I can take a child that cannot sit still for one second at school, but I can get them to do a Lego piece that they love for 12 hours straight without even eating. I can get them to focus like nobody's business when they do things that they love. Mm -hmm. When you do things that you are passionate about, that you love, that resonate with your spirit, you can take the worst ADHD child and get them to focus for hours and hours and hours. So I would challenge this person and ask them, are you doing what you love? Are you doing what you're passionate about? Are you doing things that resonate with your spirit and things that are attached to your own vision? And if the answer is no, well, then create that. But in a nut, in a, very quickly, sometimes life gives you something that you're not necessarily passionate about. Whether your boss puts something on the table for you that you have to complete, maybe you've got to do admin, maybe you've got to do things that you're not so passionate about. So how do you get over that, especially if you've got ADHD? As we started the conversation, you know, we spoke about color. I always say to uh, people that struggle with concentration, work with your body. And what I mean by work with your body, you'll see, guys, in the day, you'll have moments in the day when you're motivated, moments in the day when you're demotivated, moments in the day when you're highly focused, moments when you're less so. Don't work against your body when you need to be focused. So, for example, if I want to go to the gym, I'm not going to push myself to go to the gym when I'm feeling demotivated. But, oh, boy, I'm going to do extra work when I feel motivated. So figure out your own pattern of energy and concentration and focus 
and do the heavy lifting, the difficult task when you feel the high level of concentration and leave uh, the passionate stuff when you have mm. low levels of concentration. So work with your body. Okay, I like that. There's some practical, useful info. Um, I'm afraid we're out of time, but you know what? People have so many other questions. You'll have to wait for the next uh, next round with Dr. Hanan, which will be next Monday. And uh, we, we may have a gap for some of you. Um, your schedule's all booked up, though, right, Doc? All booked up. Yeah, all right. Very good. There's Dr. Hanan Bushkin, everybody. Thank Thanks, you, Doc. Doc. We'll check Thanks. in with you next week. Very nice. Cliffcentral.com.